Hello there and welcome to the Happiness Project podcast the podcast which has touched more than 20000 lives and has evolved in more than 65 countries and is available on 10 plus platforms please do subscribe and follow the happiness project so that you never miss a single episode on the show you can also rate and write a review on iTunes Podbean Stitcher or any other platform that you're listening this podcast on because your support will go a long way You are now listening to a thoughtful pill for your mind series with Rena Jain who's a mental health expert a qualified psychologist and a wellness coach Questions are now being accepted on this podcast so once again do not forget to send in your questions related to the topic being discussed doesn't need a thoughtful pill for their mind not a literal pill but you know what i mean so if you don't take the pill the story ends you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe but if you take the pill you stay in a wonderland and i can show you how far the pill can take you it's for you to decide you know how you always turn down the volume on the radio when you need to think clearly about something complicated or confusing the same is true for your life in general the noise you need to cut out to concentrate that is the noise in your head the busy fuddled thoughts screaming over your better judgment turning down the radio refocuses your mind and offers you clarity when you need it the most you don't really think about how or why this makes such a huge difference you just know that it does that is exactly what the significance of this thoughtful pill is about although it's not quite as easy as spinning the radio's volume dial the good news is you can quiet your mind and train it to think more rationally simply by reminding yourself to do so every day so the happiness project is presenting you with some wonderful insights into rethinking mental health Each and every episode of the series will remind you to take a step closer to taking care of yourself. So remember, there is absolutely nothing about your present circumstances that prevents you from making progress. So just take one step at a time. We have rounded up some in-depth insights, meaningful conversations with some renowned guest speakers and chose the best mental health episodes in the series to help you through those low moments we all need the pill especially now 
now more than ever so keep tuning in every week when the episodes are out because the moment you start listening to every single episode of the series it will be very difficult for you to do otherwise today i am going to be in conversation with mike clark who is a certified mental performance consultant and have transformed lives of so many musicians athletes corporates and individuals and have remarkable amount of experience in managing clients from post traumatic stress disorder anxiety and other mental health related concerns today mike and i are going to be dwelling deeper into understanding what exactly is anxiety what are the causes of anxiety and how can we manage and cope with anxiety in general anxiety is what we feel when we are worried tense or afraid particularly about things that are about to happen or which we think could happen in the future anxiety is a natural human response when we perceive that we are under threat it can be experienced through our thoughts feelings and physical sensations anxiety can feel very different to different people most people feel anxious at times for some people stepping out of the house can be a challenge because they fear panicking and feel they are being judged or watched it's particularly common to experience some anxiety while coping with stressful events or changes especially if they could have a big impact on your life Mike is going to touch upon some significant aspects of anxiety and how to manage anxiety on a daily basis. So without any delay, let us now welcome Mike Clark, who is going to offer a more intervention-focused approach for routine problems like these. Hey Mike, welcome to the Happiness Project. Hey Raina, thanks for having me. So Mike, you have been a certified mental performance consultant and have remarkable amount of experience in managing clients from post traumatic stress disorder anxiety and other mental health related concerns substantially you've offered a more intervention focused approach to these problems so can you take us through your pursuit of shaping lives and how has your experience been so far wow well I appreciate that that <laughs> that intro. Um you know, you know it it's been an interesting journey. I'll I'll say that. Um I'll say that when I first started down even the academic path to get to this point, I had no idea that I would be so interested in helping people to feel better and to be better. Right. And you know, I full disclaimer when i got into this i thought that i was going to help people to to run faster and to live stronger and 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 to be more flexible and to you know all in the physical sense and i had no idea that once i started working with people i would have such an affinity to feel like okay something's not right in your life can we can we you know figure that out together yeah and so Yeah, I I found it to be an interesting path so far. Um mm-hmm. one that's been really rewarding, one that's been very difficult at times, but um yeah, but just kind of happy to keep rolling with it. Lovely, lovely. I'm very sure. I think uh, this is what happens when you kind of uh, 
manage so many things together. Well, okay. I think it only looks like it's all together in the end. Uh, you know, <laughs> e- even right now, I feel like I'm juggling probably four or five different projects. You know that. Um, aren't even close to being finished and and in maybe six months someone may say something like wow like how did you handle all that and I'll say I, I don't know but I, <laughs> I I think the answer is is one day at a time and, and one right. hour at a time you know absolutely today is busy tomorrow will be busy but can we just be here and can I just be here talking to you right right absolutely you know since this episode is all about anxiety and anxiety is a normal human reaction to stressful situations but for people with anxiety disorders those fears and worries are are not really temporary um considering the tough times that we are all going through currently anxiety has sort of become a part of what we now call the new normal since everyone experiences anxiety to some degree there is plenty of misinformation out there about the potentially debilitating condition so mike i would like for you to fix that for our listeners and provide them with sufficient knowledge about this condition let's get into it yeah i i think that anxiety like you're saying uh the the new normal it has lots of stress and anxiety though I think that as much as we see that on Instagram and online and on the news mm-hmm. um as much as we hear that I think we we still don't always know how to do that yeah. and so yeah. I'm hoping that that's what we can kind of get into today and yeah. um I'm excited to do it. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, so I think the probably the most common thing that goes on is that we don't know how to to deal with it right and so like you said earlier anxiety is just a natural response to stress okay right. so there is some kind of stressor that's sometimes even physical like mm-hmm. if we think that i've been walking out in the sun for hours and hours and i'm feeling physically really beaten down mm-hmm. well i'm kind of at the end of my fuse and i'm feeling more stressed and anxious or it could be before that big job interview or even just speaking mm-hmm. to a group of 3 people at a coffee shop right yeah. um you know i think that so often anxiety gets in the way because we either didn't prepare for it or we didn't prepare to respond to it right and mm-hmm. a, a very common reaction is that we react in, instead mm-hmm. of responding in a way that's helpful right and the difference here i'm not trying to be semantic or poetic or anything mm-hmm. but but when we're thinking about it it's like Okay, something is totally in our face and making us feel very nervous or like we want to, you know, like we might get sick or or something. Okay, well, mm-hmm. have you prepared to deal with that before? And if the answer is no, okay, let's let you off the hook for a minute, right? Mm-hmm. You haven't practiced how to do it. Okay. <laughs> no big deal. We can do that and we'll talk about that I'm sure here in a minute. Right. Um, so I think I think the answer is twofold. Either then prepare to feel anxious or you didn't prepare to respond to the anxiety. Okay. So how can one prepare themselves to respond to anxiety? Mhm. Well, I think we need to put ourselves in positions that are similar to what we're going to experience in the future. Now, as you mentioned, I do a lot of work in sport and with other performers, which mm-hmm. sometimes that can be a little bit more predictable. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the nature of sport and why it's fun is because it's unpredictable, but you know, we we've gotten to a point where we can we can lay the lay the foundation for a similar mm-hmm. experience but the same happens in everyday life okay so let's say let's let's use an example of um meeting someone new 
Okay, so maybe mm -hmm. our friend has a new friend that they want to introduce us to, or mm -hmm. we're at a family gathering and there are people that we don't really know. Why do I feel nervous? Why do I feel anxious? Mm -hmm. Well, before even getting into the why piece, let's answer what you're saying. How can we prepare for that? Well, right. let's think, what generally makes you nervous? What generally makes you scared? Let's answer the question. What are your biggest fears in life? Okay, most of them, um, death, spiders, and public speaking in, in one of those three orders, right? But beyond, <laughs> but, but beyond the, the fear of spiders, what, what, what are you afraid of? And it's probably someone else's opinion or it may be how you'll judge yourself. And so if we're not thinking about that ahead of time and we're not preparing to, to know how we'll respond, well, then I think we're kind of, we're already setting off on a little behind the, behind the pack. Absolutely. You know, but don't you think since we are at a time when everything is so uncertain, life is not going to work according to how you want it to work and exactly why uh, i wanted to answer for our listeners whether how can they adapt to uncertainty that comes not only with COVID but also otherwise in our daily lives yeah well i really appreciate you bringing that up because that's this is a totally different kind of curveball that we've been pitched here now generally speaking I think my answer still holds strong. Okay, can we can we know what makes us anxious? Do we know how to prepare for it? But hold on. Did any of us five months ago or even sooner think that a worldwide pandemic was gonna happen that would upend us from work, being with family, being with friends, yeah. postponing major events, graduations, things like that? No, of no. course, none of us could have ever expected that. Mm -hmm. So now I think that it's really shifted into, okay, can you find a new structure? Can you find some way to feel kind of secure? Because with structure and routine comes that predictability, again, that we know what tomorrow will look like a little bit. Mm -hmm. Even if we don't know if we have it, for some folks who are furloughed without pay and they don't know if they'll be able to come back to work, um, they may not know, well, mm -hmm. no, I won't be able to work tomorrow. No, no you may not. but. Is there something that you can plan to do tomorrow, um, whether it be vocation related or not, right? And the, the the new the new kind of not new this isn't new at all, but I think something that's very helpful is okay. Can we find some structure? But then also, do we have any insight into what's going on within us? Because that insight is so so important, and that Absolutely. we we may be feeling anxious. You may not be feeling anxious. You may actually be feeling very sad and depressed and down. Okay. Mm -hmm. You may be feeling disconnected from other people, which could be anxiety, could not be right. But that insight and that awareness piece is something that I'm working with. I mean, lots of the people who work with me, that's where we kind of turned our attention. Like, Hey, how can you be more aware of what's going on inside of your mind mm -hmm. and what's going on inside of your body? Right. Right. I think self-awareness is the key. Totally. You know, there are times when people go through a sudden rush of anxiety due to everyday situations and recurring problems. So the reasons could be countless, right? So in that moment, how can they calm themselves? What what can they do differently? 
Oh yeah. So if we're just talking a state of anxiety or like a very moment almost of panic, is that what we're talking about here? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think, I think we need to just really work on grounding skills and that's going to sound super clinical right now, but let's, let's break it down into more of a, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, a more digestible thing. So when, when I say grounding skills, you're even just grounding. What I'm talking about is just being able to be in the present moment, just be mm-hmm. where your feet are and and try to grasp some control of what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, it breathing does help. Now, cue a whole bunch of eye rolls out there. Uh-oh, are we going to talk <laughs> about breathing for the next 10 minutes? <laughs> I can't predict the future, just like you can't, but I doubt we'll talk about breathing for 10 minutes. But I will plug its importance mm-hmm. in that there's a mind-body connection, right? Mm-hmm. In that when we feel panicky or anxious mm-hmm. or stressed, our heart rate goes up, our blood pressure goes up, mm-hmm. our breathing tends to get restrictive mm-hmm. or and or speed up. And all of those, among other, you know, feeling nauseous or mm-hmm. the butterflies, whatever. But but even just that that lung and that heart connection with your brain. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, here we go. Now we're going way, way, way back. We're just trying <laughs> to survive. We're just trying to fight or flight, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So can we get out of that way of thinking? Well, yes, we can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we need to, if breathing is really shallow and quick, what's the opposite of that? Well, let's take some deeper breaths, a little bit longer drawn out, even if those don't look drawn out because you're really, really anxious, if it's more drawn out than what it's been, that's already gonna be helpful. And so yeah. that's gonna help you to ground some people who really really reject the breathing so if you've hung on this far and you don't want to talk about breathing okay good here's another example um (laughs) you know what what can we feel okay i have a i have a pen in front of me well already on this pen there are lots of different textures right (laughs) and so can i just sit here and feel the pen and become very grounded and whether you're um, someone who's at work whether you're someone who is working through a traumatic related flashback or you know dissociative event mm-hmm. or if you're an athlete right these yeah. kind of grounding skills are all ways to combat that anxiety right right mm-hmm. absolutely i think i tried grounding techniques i have tried earthing i've tried you know meditation so i think all of these things genuinely do help I mean, I know I have a lot of people coming to me and telling me that, you know what, I am not the kind of a person who can meditate for long. And I'm like, no, you have to try it. I think the misconception that people have about breathing and meditation is that they have to stop their thoughts. I think that is not what meditation is all about. So I also wanted to talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, the role of meditation in managing anxiety. Yeah. So first off, I love that you brought up the consistency part because that's it. Whether it's learning to write cursive in when you're when you're six years old or it's meditating when you're 70. Okay. either way, we don't pick up things overnight. Right. And so it it does take time. So Mm -hmm. specific to meditation and managing anxiety. What I want people to hear in this space is that meditation doesn't always look like sitting on the floor with your hands in your lap saying, oh, now that's not a slight to those who do that because that is a hugely impactful process that's been happening for thousands and thousands of years, of course. But meditation 
is really just getting centered to yourself, getting grounded, using skills like texture, breathing, other kind of cognitive approaches, mm -hmm. and being present, being in the moment, and not being judgmental. So you can meditate sitting on a park bench yeah. with your eyes open, right? Mm -hmm. you, you can, you could even, I argue, you could meditate if you're out on, on a bike ride, you could meditate. Now that's a, that's a next level of meditation that's different <laughs> than most people are used to. Yeah. Um, but if we're in the present moment and we're not being judgmental toward ourselves or others, I think we're halfway there at least. Yeah. So, so to answer your question, I'm sorry, I, I guess I didn't really get there. So to manage anxiety, when we are able to be more present and more centered, though that cognitive anxiety, so it's a fancy way of saying, our racing thoughts and all the things that are going on in our mind, they're not able to they're not able to control our minds. No, because we, our self, our consciousness, however you want to view what's going on in that space, you're in control of what's going on. You're choosing to put your attention, you know, on a on a thought, on a feeling, on, on an event, as opposed to the hard wiring of a brain just going over and over. But uh, I have come across so many people who find it difficult to be or live in the present. How can they learn to do that? I'm 100% with you. I hear that all the time. <laughs> um, and even that answer has a level of insight that is mm -hmm. not always that common. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, my, my, my answer to most people in that space is you're actually probably present at different times throughout the day you're just not aware that you're very present. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> so I'll ask them, I'll say, can you tell me something that you did today in really clear <laughs> detail? Okay. And they'll say, well, what, what do you mean? I'll say anything. It could have been washing the dishes to driving to texting. Like, tell me something in really clear detail. And okay, it's usually a mundane thing that they tell me. <laughs> I say, if I said, is that your memory from today or did you make it up? And they said, that's my memory from today. I said, okay, I believe you, I believe you. I said, if it is your memory from today and it's that clear, you were present, okay? Yeah, if you weren't, yeah. if you were on autopilot, you wouldn't have remembered all that. True, true. Mm -hmm, and, and so then we kind of go back from there and say, okay, well, if that's, if that's something that was helpful, what, kind, what was in place to help you feel present, you know? Was it that you, you weren't stressed about work? Were you not thinking about something? Was it at the end of the day when all of your work was done? Or was it at the beginning of the day before you dove in? You know, and, and from there we can explore, okay, so what conditions are in place? What's helpful for you to feel present? And what does present feel like to you? Because, you know, Raina, to me, when I started to learn about all this stuff, I was a huge skeptic. I was a big time yeah. skeptic of anything present or breathing. I didn't <laughs> think it existed in my life, okay? Yeah. And it finally took someone with um, just as much of a brash attitude as me at the time to say, <laughs> you need to stop talking and listen to me now and say, do you believe that you've gotten to this point in your life without being present? And I'm like, okay, maybe okay. not. Uh. And that, right, just a maybe. And then we started to open up. So, um, mm -hmm. so I say that to say that, hey, I, I was in the same boat, okay? Yeah. And it's, it's really easy to fall into that kind of space. It, life is busy. Know. yeah 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 totally yeah i think the, again it's all about understanding what presence means and that you've explained very well which 
also brings us to a very important question i think we spoke about covid a little earlier so could you tap a little bit into why do things feel very different now compared to before covid related shutdowns mhm oh, i mean specific to what's going on here there's so much uncertainty right yeah. we don't know what tomorrow's going to look like and yeah. it's not even tomorrow that a lot of us are worried about it's 6 months from now it's it's eight from it, you know i've got a number of friends who you know are are planning big life events and they're like mm-hmm. we need to send out invites now can we do yeah. it you know and and that adds on to the stress of everything else so i think the uncertainties are really a big part of it but i also think the you know okay so maybe you've been married for 20 years and you mm-hmm. love your partner with all your heart but you've been you've been going to work for 20 years they've been going to work for 20 years and now all of a sudden you're cohabitating and and trying to figure it out together mm-hmm. you're probably just not used to that i mean i'm not right some people you know choose to work from home before covid and that was yeah. different but so many people that's not the case you know and mm-hmm. so I, i think whether it be from the uncertainty to the lack of of normalcy in the day that they've been used to to the 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 different interpersonal dynamics fancy mm-hmm. ways saying hey you know you're used to seeing your partner at 5 p.m. well can you handle them now can you handle being around them from from 12 a.m. to 12 p.m. right <laughs> and so I, i think that's going into it and i i don't want to under undermine that because mm-hmm. folks are also there's an undercurrent of if i get sick this might be really serious i mean over 100,000 people have died from this thing right so mm-hmm. that's that's a stressor right or maybe we're feeling anxious because we know someone who's sick and we mm-hmm. we feel for the person who's sick and that adds stress too so like mm-hmm. not even just thinking so selfishly but thinking about us as a community i think mm-hmm. that there are people who are feeling really anxious about it that way so you know it it unless you're at home mm-hmm. you're not you're not a, a space to to contract something but then if i'm at home my mind is racing right so mm-hmm. there's no there's it feels like there's no escape for a lot of people in yes yes so since you actually spoke about um being in your own mind and there's so many mm-hmm. thoughts that keeps on hovering around in each of our minds so could you explain the connection between overthinking and anxiety because i think that could be a major reason why people feel anxious and you know one thought leads to another and that leads to another and there's like imaginary situation in their mind which kind of restricts them to live their life the way they want to so mm-hmm. overthinking and anxiety mm-hmm. are best friends okay <laughs> and they want to hang out with each other all day okay because guess what anxiety is all this nervous energy and if i just keep thinking i keep thinking maybe i'll think my way out of it but it's the great paradox <laughs> and so i mean specific to how you know if we're talking about the interventions of how to not do that you know i think one thing that's been really helpful is i say okay so let's try to see if your hand can keep up with your brain all right here's a pen here's a piece of paper i want you to write out every thought that comes into your mind as it happens and mm-hmm. i'm going to give you i tell them that i give them like 2 minutes and mm-hmm. at about a minute hands are starting to cramp i say okay <laughs> Okay, so what's going on? And then from there, at least on an individual level, we can just talk about what's going on. And so mm-hmm. often it, it does still come back to a fear. There is mm-hmm. a fear or a few core fears 
and our brain is trying to quote fix mm -hmm. a whole lot of those problems when really it's probably not a whole lot that's broken we're just not thinking about it in a way that's super effective so yeah um so i think for the listeners who are looking for like specific interventions i think that there's a few different ways to to manage thoughts mm -hmm. and there's two pretty big schools of thought right now can you accept the thoughts or do you want to change and or reframe them right so mm -hmm. um a lot of people who have had some traditional therapies um kind yeah. of cbt based or things like yeah. that they learn hey can i reframe my thoughts can i change yeah. them and and for some folks that works really well and when it does then let, let's go with that but a lot of people um have burned out on that notion or they've they've come to a point where CBT stuff or maybe they don't even know CBT they say oh, that that thought changing stuff doesn't work for me those are my thoughts I don't want to have to change them and I said okay well then can we accept what's going on and the the big thing about acceptance that I would want hope folks to hear is that I'm not trying to have you understand that everything is okay okay that's not that's not what acceptance is acceptance is saying okay comma something is going on yeah not, not <laughs> oh, this is okay, you know? <laughs> and so the kind of the three-step approach that I have folks learn is, okay, can you take a breath? That's, that's, that's a freebie, that's not part of the steps. But okay, can you just close your eyes for a minute? Okay, that thought or those thoughts that keep happening, can we first acknowledge that they're happening? <laughs> okay, so there's the insight piece. Yeah. Number two, can we accept the thought for what it is? Again, not accepting that it's okay, but okay. just what it is. And not for what you want it to be. Mm -hmm. Ah, yes, right, yeah. And step three, can we shift our attention to something that will be helpful or effective in that moment? Absolutely. And, and so acknowledge, accept, shift. And there it is, there's the intervention, go, go try it. But the, <laughs> the tricky thing is that it, with overthinking, the brain wants to just keep spinning and spinning and spinning. <laughs> so some people just love to yell, stop. You know, and that helps too. There, there are a lot of different things that could be helpful, but um, I don't want to overload someone with one answer because there's, there's a lot of, lot of things you can talk about here. Right, right. So guys, just keep repeating to yourselves, acknowledge, accept, and just try and distract yourself to something very effective. I think I'm going to do that from now on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give it a try and let me know how it goes, you know. For because, sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the shifting piece is the most important there. Because, mm -hmm. for instance, like I'm wearing a blue shirt, so I could say, hey, Rand, don't think about blue shirt, don't think about the blue shirt. It, it's a short sleeve shirt, it's got buttons, it's a blue shirt, don't think about my blue shirt, right? You how, tend to keep thinking about it. <laughs> right, right. Now, if when I was saying that instead, you were looking at the, the picture that's behind my head or something, and you're only giving your attention to the picture, uh -huh, uh -huh. you're not shirt anymore, are you? Yeah. Right? And so we can do the same thing with our thoughts. It's sometimes a little more difficult because they're abstract and they're in our mind, mm -hmm. but we can, we can do it nonetheless. Totally, I think a lot of people tend to, you know, relate themselves to their thoughts. So I think everyone should just start realizing that you are not your thoughts. Ah, really good. Mm -hmm. Right. Before we start uh, moving towards the end, is there any advice for people I would like to give? To be very honest, all of us do go through anxiety on a daily basis. So is there anything that 
you would like to tell them? Oh yeah, no, I mean, I think there, there are a few things that come to mind. I think that one, it's really important to remember that you're human and mm-hmm. that no matter how successful you are or how much you're getting done throughout the day, mm-hmm. um, you're, you're human. And mm-hmm. a part of a human response is stress and anxiety. And so let's just remember that you're not broken. You're not a freak. You're not, you know, some outcast because you're feeling so anxious. Some mm-hmm. people hide it better than other people. And okay, look at us. We're on a podcast talking about it. <laughs> and, I, and I hope people are hearing it because yeah. so oftentimes we, we shy away from it. So I know. I think, I think remembering that we're human is a really, really important part. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I, I also think that for the for the more maybe type A people or whoever are mm-hmm. looking for for like interventions and ways to respond, mm-hmm. um, there are things that you can do, and it doesn't make you weak for practicing or preparing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, when when I sit down and I talk to someone who is more at the, maybe a top of an organization mm-hmm. or, or in the mm-hmm. corporate world, I ask them how they respond to stress, and they're like, "Oh, well, I have my morning meditation. I have these yep. routines. And this is yep. what I do." Right? And it's I like. Know. <laughs> this could be your boss who's doing this right it doesn't yeah, it's not yeah. that they like are some superhuman person that doesn't experience it they're just prepared to deal with it absolutely yeah just remembering those things i think can be really helpful mm-hmm, totally i'm sure uh, things related to mental health they have improved over the past couple of years but there still is that stigma around mental health so what would your insight be into this stigma that is related to mental health? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's it's out there. I think that I'm not going to try to say that there's not a stigma around mental health or help seeking or anything like that. Um, I do think that it's important to just have conversations, you know, and these conversations can look a lot different between a lot of people. I mean, I've had mental health related conversations with people where we're outside at a sporting event and we're like almost yelling at each other not because i'm mad and not because they're well they're frustrated about something but they're not mad at me i'm not mad at them (laughs) right but we're talking about stuff and in that moment they're seeking help and i'm providing a service but it doesn't look like sitting in a quiet room laying down on a couch and spilling <laughs> my guts about my childhood right like let's let's remember that there's a huge spectrum of this you know and right. i mean someone who's listening may hear the word sports psychology for the first time even mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and they may be like what the heck is that and that's a whole other thing and reach out we'll talk about it if you want to know more but what i'm trying to bring up here is that you know, even the people who you watch on TV and sporting events, yeah. they seek help in some way. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's internal in the organization or not. Mm-hmm. And and anyone else who is looking to, to seek some help, I mean, it doesn't always have to mean calling a hotline. It doesn't even have to mean mm-hmm. finding a therapist. You could talk to your friend. That is a <laughs> mental health thing too. And remembering those, I think, is an important thing when we're talking about stigma. Absolutely. I am very certain that this episode has helped someone somewhere out there and all I want to say is that you are not alone and we can always, always and always figure a way out of any problem and all you need to do is take one step at a time and uh, so 
thank you so much mike for joining me today and providing a deeper understanding into this imperative mental health related conundrum and you know before we end this episode i would like for you to share whether where can you know my listeners find you sure yeah well you know i think the easiest way is well i don't even know what the easiest way is for you there, <laughs> there are a couple different ways um you can always find me just uh, you know online you can go to my website clarkperformanceconsulting.com you know we can mm-hmm. start the conversation that way you know on any major social media platform you know mm-hmm. clark underscore perform on twitter clark underscore performance on instagram i've got a facebook um, but i think the most important thing is just starting the conversation um, right mm-hmm. and and that's what i always say it's if you've got a question reach out and ask me and mm-hmm. we can start it there it doesn't mean that we're going to work together forever it doesn't mean we're going to yeah. be a good fit but but we might be and right. um to me that that's the important part because you know we you know you and i or anyone else can can post lots of great things online and we can <laughs> post great content and and this podcast really. has been fun but mm-hmm. but really if if you're looking for more it's just a conversation that that we can start lovely so guys just make your way right away and look up for mike and i'm very sure it's going to be very helpful because at a time like this i think all it takes is one conversation one step mm-hmm. at a time that's right it. Mm-hmm. perfect thank you once again mike it was lovely having you on my show thanks for having me i it's been just a pleasure talking about this stuff mm-hmm. great thank you for joining the happiness project podcast stay tuned and make sure you never miss a single episode of the show by clicking the subscribe button now This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. So thank you for all your support. And if you like this episode, please do share it with as many people as you can because sometimes all it takes is one push for someone to transform their lives. Let this podcast be the push.